Welcome to another episode of the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This is episode number 157. I am your host, Noah Roschetta. Today I'm going to talk about dependent origination. You could also call this episode the Discourse of the Bowl of Chili. As always, keep in mind you don't need to use what you learn from Buddhism to be a Buddhist. You can use what you learn to simply be a better whatever you already are. If you're interested in learning more about Buddhism, you can check out my book, No Nonsense Buddhism for Beginners, available on Amazon. Or you can listen to the first five episodes of the podcast. And you can find those easily by visiting secularbuddhism.com and clicking on the Start Here link. If you're looking for a community to practice with or to interact with, consider becoming a patron by visiting secularbuddhism.com and clicking the link to join our community. So let's jump into the topic for today's podcast episode. This is because that is. Now, one of the reasons I enjoy doing this podcast, I've, I've always been interested in sharing Buddhist concepts, Buddhist ideas, Buddhist teachings, Buddhist stories in a way that the average person can relate to for everyday life, because that's that's what I was seeking as I was first uh, studying Buddhism and trying to incorporate these concepts and teachings into my everyday life. And what I, what I mean by everyday life is the average the, the average life of a of an average person, somebody who goes to work, who deals with um, co-workers, who has uh, partners uh, that they interact with, maybe a parent, a sibling, you know, the, so we're not people who are sitting in a cave in the Himalayas meditating. I think from the beginning, one of the things that interest that I was interested in doing with all of this is not everybody has the ability to go on a silent retreat or to go in, you know, into the mountains to meditate. Like, what about these concepts and ideas applied to everyday people? Uh, so that's one of my goals with this podcast episode is to discuss the concept of uh, dependent origination. This concept, dependent origination, it's the notion, uh, it's common among all schools of Buddhism, but it's the Buddhist notion or doctrine that states that all phenomena arise dependent upon other phenomena. In other words, this is because that is, and this is not because that is not. If this exists, that exists. If this ceases to exist, that also ceases to exist. It's a basic principle uh, that states that all things arise in dependence upon other things. So, okay, so how does that apply to our everyday life? Well, first of all, you, you may hear this term if you read books about Buddhism and you study Buddhism. It's This concept has different translations. Sometimes it's called dependent origination, dependent arising, interdependent co-arising, conditioned arising. These are all different ways of explaining the same thing. And in my opinion, why is this notion important to understand? Uh, because because of right view. So the the, the first uh, in the eight spoke wheel of you know the the eightfold path where we're practicing Buddhism is having a right view or a skillful view or a wise view. There are different ways of translating it, but it's essentially 
there's a way of seeing things as they really are. And then there's, there's how we see things and then there's things how they really are. So seeing things as they really are, well, what does that mean? What are things really? Uh, things inter are. Things are interdependent with their causes and conditions. And to illustrate this notion, this, this teaching in the past, I've talked about a car and I've used the car as an analogy that a car is a thing that exists and it's real. But if you really look deeply, you'll see there is no car. There's motor and wheels and tires and all the parts, right, that make the car what it is. But none of those parts are the actual car. So it begs the question, what is the car? And if you see the car and you see it as the sum of all of its parts, its causes and conditions, then you're seeing the car for what it really is. It's not just a thing. It's a thing that's dependent upon other things. And those other things are dependent upon other things. Uh, it doesn't exist separate from all the things that make it what it is. Now, that is not unique to a car. That's how all things are. And a lot of the teachings that you'll encounter in Buddhism aim at helping us to start to see reality in this way. You know, we, we have the tendency to see things as static, independent things. There's this, but this isn't related to that. And, and Buddhism's saying, no, the way you want to start seeing things is that when you see this, you see it interdependent of that. In other words, you constantly have this notion in your mind that this is because that is. There's not this and that as two separate things. It's always this is because that is, or this is not because that is not. Now, in the uh, study, the study group uh, that we have on Patreon, uh, we were having a discussion in one of the Marco Polo's video messages about the book that we're reading, but uh, uh, something that came up that I wanted to introduce here in the in the same context of dependent origination was a discussion around uh, mindful eating. So there are different forms of practicing meditation. There's sitting meditation, walking meditation, eating meditation, and one of them, eating meditation, it was discussed, this notion of eating chili. So uh, Rob, who was discussing this, mentioned that he practiced mindful eating, and he would do this with all of his meals. But in this case, it was specific to the bowl of chili that he was eating and recognizing in that moment that, wait, chili is a thing, but it's also not a thing. It's not a static, independent thing. It's something that has causes and conditions. Chili comes together with you know the processes and the ingredients that make chili what it is that would be beans and tomatoes and spices and chili peppers and all the things that make chili what it is so it's no different than the car so for me as we were as he was mentioning this it occurred to me it really is that simple right to uh to have a moment of awareness where you realize oh wow chili isn't chili. We call it chili for the convenience of labeling it now that we've, you know, we've decided chili is chili. But what is chili really? You can do this again with the car, with chili. You could do this with salad. You could do this with anything. What is the thing that makes it what it is? Well, it's the causes and conditions. In the case of chili, you have ingredients that make it what it is, uh, red chili versus green chili. Um, but you can also think of uh, the processes that are made, the intensity of the heat um, or the duration that it's cooked, 
like the process that makes chili may be different. But at the end of the day, this thing that we call chili has it doesn't exist independent of all the things that make it what it is. And that is, in a nutshell, dependent origination. Now, how do we, why, why is this beneficial to me in my everyday life? What are some of the ways that I can benefit from understanding this concept in my day-to-day life? Or, of course, uh, you. So, conditioned arising, for me, I'll, I'll give you an example. So, this helps me understand that all phenomenon that arises, re- re- arises conditioned upon other things. So, for me, where this gets really powerful is with... Uh, emotions. And I'll use fear as an example. So if I'm experiencing the emotion of fear, then I need to understand that it's co-arising. What are the causes and conditions that give rise to it? So here's a, a an analogy. Let's just suppose for a moment that uh, in my upbringing, upbringing I was taught that uh, red sweaters are bad. And for whatever reason, I don't know, red sweaters, okay? Just stay with me for a second. So I grow up fearing red sweaters. And then one day, someone comes knocking on the door, and they're wearing a red sweater. Now, fear is the emotion that arises, but it doesn't arise independent of its causes and conditions. There are causes and conditions. In other words, it's not that there's anything inherently wrong with a wet red sweater. If I look at this deeply, what I may understand is, oh, I fear the red sweater because of the belief that I have that red sweaters are bad. There's nothing wrong with a red sweater. It's the belief that's giving rise to the fear. So that would allow me to understand that my fears and perhaps all my emotions are part of this conditioned arising. Instead of seeing something like fear as the standalone thing, I try to see it as a phenomenon that is conditioned uh, on other phenomenon. So this is because that is, right? Fear, that is the something. Uh, What is the something that gives rise to this? In this case, it's not the red sweater I fear. It's the belief I have that red sweaters are bad. So then that allows me to analyze the belief. Well, where did that belief come from? Is is it skillful to hold this uh, belief or, or not? And that may change the interaction or the relationship I have with the belief, which will in turn... Um change the relationship I have with the emotion when it arises, or it may make the emotion no longer arise. Uh, Red sweater, as an example, I may sit with that long enough to recognize there was never any reason to fear a red sweater. Maybe I was taught that because, you know, the, the people who came and scared my parents when they were young wore red sweaters, but now that doesn't apply anymore, and I don't need to fear red sweaters. Um, now that's a, a an oversimplification, I think, but you get the gist of it. Um, so here's another example where I think this might be a little bit more applicable to our day-to-day lives. Uh, beliefs or mental conditioning cause emotions to arise. So here's another example. Uh, when I first got married, I took my wife to Mexico to meet my family. It was actually right before we got married. Um, and something you need to understand about Mexico and Mexican culture is that uh, it's very common to have a nickname. Everybody has a nickname. And you uh, some of the nicknames can sound um, harsh in other cultures. But in Mexico, it's very common to just state things as they are. So if, um, if you tend to be tall, your nickname may be called uh, you know tall, tall guy. 
If you're short, it might be shorty. If you're heavy, it might be fatty, you know, whatever the nickname is, it's, um, it's very common to have. And, and, and most people aren't offended in Mex in Mexico with their nicknames and in that culture, offense is not the same as offenses in American culture. I learned that later, but this is one of those instances where that came to light. So I'm down there with my wife and my aunt, uh, came to visit us and she said, Oh, gordito, my gordito. That was my nickname growing up. My, my little fat guy, uh, gordo means fat. Gordito is the diminutive, almost like a, a nice way of saying my little fatty. <laughs> and that's always been my nickname growing up from, from this aunt specifically. And my wife was kind of thrown back like, Whoa, wait a second. Your nickname is, is fat. So, or fatty, like, why is your aunt calling you that? Does that not offend you? And to, to understand why it wouldn't offend me, you'd have to know the whole backstory. I, as a twin, when my brother and I were born premature, um, we were in the hospital for several months before we could go home because we were, um, underweight and, and not, uh, we weren't, we weren't, it wasn't healthy to send us home, but he was worse than I was. So he was even skinnier than me. So we were both these little skinny, premature babies, and he was the skinnier of the two. So his nickname became Flaquito, which is um, skinny guy, you know, the little skinny one. And compared to him, I had a little bit more meat, so I was the fat one, Gordito. So when we were babies, we were called Gordito and Flaquito. That's how you would distinguish the two. <laughs> um, and again, there's no malice meant. It's just a, it's just a label that was used. So that stuck. And he's always been flaquito and I've always been gordito to that aunt. And it's a, a fond way of her remembering when we were these tiny babies that uh, almost didn't survive. So anyway, knowing that as the background, I never had any qualms with being called gordito because I was the gordito. If you're comparing me to him as babies, but that's it. It doesn't mean anything other than that to me. But it occurred to me, wow, my wife certainly would not like to be called that in under any context because to her it's offensive. Well, again, applying this notion of, of dependent origination, the uh, feeling offended by a nickname, the problem isn't the nickname, it's there's a belief behind it. And in this case, it might be the belief that uh, I, don't I, I don't look good if I'm fat. Um, so I would definitely not want to be called fat because that implies I'm not as good as the next person next to me who's not fat or something to that effect, right? And I think in Western culture and American culture, at least, uh, you may resonate with that notion. I don't want to be called fat so uh, under any circumstances. Um, well, look at why, you know, probably because you hold a belief somewhere that being fat is not the right way to be. If you didn't have that belief, then you wouldn't care. It wouldn't matter. So again, in my case, I was able to understand, okay, well, it doesn't offend me because I don't have a belief attached to it that there's even anything wrong with, I was the heavier of the two twins. So it's fine that I'm called the heavier of the two twins. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. I'm just trying to come up with other ways of explaining the practicality of a notion like dependent origination as applied to everyday life, which is where... Uh, things are really happening, right? Emotions are arising, feelings, thoughts, which lead to words, which lead to actions. So I think that it's very beneficial to understand this process that 
this is because that is. And if whatever it is that you decide to label this, look at the that. Look at the that that causes the this to be what it is. Um, and then I think the invitation, if you were to take this concept and apply it to practice for this week or uh, for the rest of your life, it would be keeping in mind the notion of this is because that is. Keep that expression in your mind and try to see yourself as the bowl of chili. You know what? But what are you really? Are you the beans? Are you the spices? Are you the chili peppers? Are you the salt? Are you the what? What exactly are you? Or with the car, same idea. Are you the chili, or are you the causes and conditions that get rise to the chili? Because in my opinion, this is the essence of what the Buddha discovered in that moment of enlightenment. I I like to imagine a bowl of chili becomes self-aware, and it's sitting there very attached to the fact that it is chili. And if if I'm chili, I'm every you know I'm separate from all the things that are not chili. And then that bowl of chili sitting there in meditation has this moment of awareness where the chili recognizes, oh my gosh, I'm not chili. I'm beans and tomato and peppers all cooked together and mixed. It, it really realizes I am not just chili. I'm so much more than chili. Chili is just the label that I use to for the convenience of saying what I am because I can't go around saying, um, you know, if someone says, what are you? Oh, I'm beans mixed with heat mixed with, you know, we don't do that. We say I'm chili and we're no different. When I go around trying to understand myself in relationship to all the other things that are not me, the sensation of self arises and I'm Noah Roshetta. Well, that's just a name. I'm all my memories. Oh, well, those are just the memories I have. I'm all these things that I may feel attached to, but by sitting in uh, and contemplating, I may recognize I'm actually none of those things. I'm very much like the bowl of chili. I have causes and conditions, and that changes the relationship I have to myself, to the notion that I have of self. So I wanted to bring all this up because I do think it's common uh, as as we first encounter uh, a notion like no self in Buddhism, and we're thinking, well, what the heck does that mean? What do you mean no self? I don't exist. And it's not that. What we're really saying is look deeply, understand that things inter-are, this is because that is, and then tell me what you really are. Because you may find you're not what you thought you were in the very same way that the bowl of chili understands it's not chili. It's all these things that make chili what it is. And this is practiced in so many ways and explained in so many different uh, formats and I'm just trying to explain it here in another one. Um, so I hope that these concepts and ideas have been helpful to you and that maybe uh, by understanding this notion of this is because that is or what we call dependent origination, it may have some practical benefits with how you go about in your day-to-day life understanding all the things that you interact with because we all encounter a lot of this, whatever this is, but we rarely focus on well, if this is, what is that? If this is because of that, then I need to spend time looking at things through that proper lens of interdependence and causes and conditions. And it can be very powerful. Again, it's like realizing uh, anger isn't a thing that exists independent of its causes and conditions. Well, what are the causes and conditions? I may discover that the anger I experience is actually grief. 
or its sorrow or its embarrassment or its sadness or its pain. Now that's powerful to start uh, seeing things through that lens because often we spend time fighting or resisting or working with the thing that we think is the thing without realizing that that thing has much deeper layers, deeper deeper levels. Uh, again, like anger. Anger is one thing, but why is there anger? You may discover there are deeper layers where there is more beneficial, uh, a more beneficial place to work with would be the pain. Oh, well, I'll work with the pain and then the anger will go away instead of thinking I'm going to make the anger go away. I hope that makes sense. So those are the thoughts I wanted to share with you today regarding this uh, analogy and this concept of dependent origination or dependent arising or interdependent co-arising or conditioned arising, however you want to phrase it. But the notion is this is because that is and this is not because that is not. So if there's something that I don't have in my life, look at the reasons why it's not there. Or if there is something that I do have and I want to look at it, well, why why do these things exist the, the way that they are? All right. Well, that's all I have for this episode. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to these concepts and ideas, and I look forward to sharing more thoughts in another episode later. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Until next time.